welcome to Sandy Alamian's Soul Studio Podcast. This is a time out for you to feel some peace and a connection to your soul and to God. You'll hear raw, real, honest conversations offering a different perspective about life and death to bring you to a place of hope, healing, and encouragement. So now, here's your host, author, healer, and medium, Sandy Alenia. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad you're here. Imagine for a moment if everything in your life was pretty much taken away from you, all of your abilities to walk and move around. If that was all taken away, do you think your faith would be shaken? Would you be angry at God? In today's episode, we have more conversations with my friend Linda Pistana, who is a former nun. She's an author, a grief counselor. And six years ago, her life took a major turn when she had an accident at home and it left her as a quadriplegic. Whenever I go visit Linda, I leave as a changed person and I know that this podcast today is going to touch your heart. As a former nun, she talks about the challenges that she had in really trusting God. And I also want to let you know her voice is a little bit raspy today because she had been through a lot of coughing. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. At the end of this podcast, mm, I'm going to cry just thinking about it, but Linda leads us through a surrender prayer that is so beautiful. So please make sure you stay until the end. Oh, my heart is with you as you listen to this podcast. You'll even hear how I wanted to become a nun and you'll understand why. All right. Enjoy the podcast. So tell me how you feel, Linda. Sandy, I feel that my body is a shelter. It's like the outside of a home and the inside of the home is full of grace. And my home is beginning to break. I can feel it in myself. Since I had my spinal cord injury, as the years go by, my body is letting go, my shelter. But inside, I feel the grace of continuing. My hands, my feet, my legs, a falling apart, mm -hmm. but inside I feel so alive and I want to continue sharing, but it scares me oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean, Sandy? What scares you? Well, when you have no control yeah. and you have to depend yep. on someone it's not always easy, but I have a choice. I have a wonderful husband who takes such good care of me and would do anything for me. You know, Louie. Me too. And my daughter, Jennifer, has just been 
so supportive of me and has really challenged me at times, which is good. Mm. But I, I can't help but wish it was different. Yeah. I wish that I could take my arms and hug people I love. I wish that I could write a note to someone who's sad. And you could say, well, Linda, there are other ways to write. And there are, but sometimes I'm not able to do that because I have to ask someone. And I don't want that someone to know about someone else's pain. It's their private life. There are so many things that are difficult, but there are so many things that continue to bless me in the midst of that. Can you tell me more about this idea called grace that's inside of you? Tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? Is it a peace? Grace is a gift that blesses our soul. It makes us continue on. It gives us a strength that hugs the soul. Mm. And it's a gift. Grace is a gift. And you can accept it or you can deny it. And sometimes I've denied it because I was mad. Because things weren't going my way. Of course. And then there are times when I feel the grace that God has given me, and I want to hug it. What does it feel like, Linda? It's, I don't know if it's something you feel, or it's something you know Mm. that's giving you power. Mm Mm-hmm to accept what's going on. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you want to kick the blankets and jump out of bed like I used to and go brush my teeth and wash my face, and now I wake up and I look around and all I can say is, good morning, world. Here I am. And I wait, you know, for Louie to come in and give me a kiss which is the best part of my day. And he gets me going. That's wonderful. There's something that you just said that got highlighted for me in my, in my mind, and it's, here I am. Can we, can we just pause there for a minute? Here I am. Here I am. Here I, I am. am. Do you know how many times I've used that expression Mm -mm. in prayer? Really? Yes. Tell me more. That's acceptance. Because here I am. Yeah. And we could take each word and stop. Yep. And ponder. Yep. And there's only one I. And there's only one here. And there's only one am. Mm. We put it together, here I am. 
It's not about Sandy. It's not about Tommy. It's not about Jerry or Cindy. It's about Linda. And this incredible person, God, created me mm. to be here. Why? Because he loved me and has asked me to surrender so that I can be a living presence for God. You surrendered everything. You had to surrender everything, Linda. Everything. Yes. Everything. And my greatest That's a big fear, ask. That's a big ask. <sighs> right? Yes. And? My surrender has brought me to the realization that the doctor, when I was at the hospital the last time, said that I have nine lives and I'm up to seven. (laughs) 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 Because they keep telling me I'm going to die. And I keep telling them no. You're not done yet. Because I'm not finished. There's messages. There are messages that you have this 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 conversation that needs to be out there so can we talk about god yes could i ask you yeah who is god to you so god to me is is god is god is i think for me to if you had asked me this last week, I would have given you my pat answer. Well, God is the energy of love. God is energy. God is everywhere. God is the energy of love. I'm just now understanding the role that Jesus played as the embodiment of God. Completely the embodiment of God. And Sandy, what? you talked a little while ago about how Jesus is becoming new in the life. And I just want to remind you that you so often talk about the spirit Mm -hmm. and they're all one. It's all one. When I wrote What Was God Thinking? The message that came through so many times, I am you, you are me. And we are one. I think sometimes we get caught Mm. in a web. And that's all right if we find our way through it. There was so much of religion that I didn't understand, so I kind of of just didn't want to go there. And even the, the Jesus of religion, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the Bible and the way that the Bible was written, using words that I couldn't understand. Uh-huh. Now I'm I'm hearing it in a different way that seems to be making sense to me. Yeah. 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 So what is God to you? Who is God oh, to you? God. God has been everything to me mm-hmm. from not understanding mm-hmm. um, for 
seeing a lot of pain and saying, there can't be. And looking at God as the Father, totally not understanding that, because number one, my Father loved me. Oh, wow. How could I talk about God as loving? I get it. That makes complete sense, Linda. And so if I could talk about God as my mother, I could connect. Mm. Because my mother gave me so much love Mm. and so much understanding and so much forgiveness that that's how I related to God. Mm. God for me was a friend. See. The most loving, compassionate friend. But I never had a face to it. Yeah. It was more this this energy, this and I gave it a voice. And it would speak to me in a way that I could understand. And it brought me through. It would unravel any time I was afraid, anxious, scared, upset. It would help me to unravel, um, unravel it and see what it was really about and help me to understand that there was never anything to fear, ever, yeah. ever. When did you know you wanted to be a nun? When I was 15 years old, one of the sisters that um, was a teacher of mine asked me if I had ever thought of becoming a nun. And I said, oh no. But I love saying, maybe. Mm. I don't know if I feel good enough Mm. to be a nun. But I kept thinking of it, but not really looking at it. I went along my merrier way. I think that was in my sophomore year Mm -hmm. in high school. And when I was a senior, I still didn't really think a whole lot about it, except it kept going around in my head. Wow. Now, were you dating and stuff in high school? um, I was very busy in high school. Okay. I did not because so much was going on at home okay um did I talk to guys did I you know enjoy being with them and laughing had a lot of friends Mm -hmm. Uh, but when I left school I got a job because I wanted to save money to go to nursing school Mm -hmm. and I got a job at the Navy Yard and ooh something kept saying you gotta look you can go and then you can leave and this feeling will leave you so I went for a weekend go look where? go look into becoming a nun oh wow so So, something inside of you is kind of nudging nudging me and I did go for a weekend it was a wonderful experience I loved, I loved the the people that were there. Mm. And then I went home and said, I'm forgetting about that. 
it's not for me. <laughs> but I said, I gotta try it. I can go and I can leave. Wow. And it'll be all right. I went. Where did you go? I joined the Sisters of St. Joseph in February of 68. Where was that, Linda? In Winslow, Maine, which was way up. And 25 years later. Wow. So what was it like being a nun? You know, I loved being with the sisters because they were, they were real. Yeah. Um, you know, they loved to laugh. They loved to have a good time. Um, they loved to pray and be together as a community. Did you pray mostly on your own or pray together? We prayed every morning together. Together. Yes. And every evening together. Nice. And then we had, we always had dinners together, breakfast together, dinner together, lunch together. And I really fit in. I'm not saying there was at times. Mm. What I said, oh dear, I don't think this is for me. Because when I entered, it was a very difficult time in the Catholic Church. Vatican II had just opened up a whole new ex experience for people. And sisters were going outside to work now before it was all nursing or community work or teaching. And now they were going out and doing ministry in the church. They were doing social work. They were spreading our wings, which was wonderful. But also we were changing from a habit to, to to more community-based clothes. I don't know how to say it because we used to say, you know, now we're dressing like. Oh wow! You know we. Oh, going from ordinary. to ordinary. Yeah, like street clothes. And so that we would fit in with the people. Interesting. So now we had some sisters that liked it, and some sisters who wanted to remain with the habit. I can only imagine, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking how incredible that would feel to be able to just do service work and not have to worry about how am I going to pay my bills? Am I going to make enough money this month? Can I, you know, that must, feel, that must have felt incredible to be able uh, to just live a life of service, to know that all your needs were met. That's right. Wow. You know, sometimes I would say, you know, I took the vow of poverty. Can you hold, can celibacy you, and obedience. Wow. So can you can you explain each of those? I mean, I know what I know what they are, but when you take a vow of poverty, what did that mean to you? It meant to me. Yeah. It meant being available to service. It wasn't just about not having money. Okay. It meant more to me than being available. Okay. to love all people and not being saddled with worrying about 
what was coming next. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so about, God. About obedience. Yeah. It wasn't so much obedience to an institution. Yeah. It was more for me. It was a real listening to what the spirit and God was asking me. So it was an obedience to your spiritual practice. Yes. I love that. Yes. I love that. And then obviously celibacy. Celibacy is giving myself yeah. to God and to God's people. Is it so is it because there's there would be no distractions, Linda? Is that why? That's what it feels like to me. Excuse me. It feels like that taking those vows, the vow of poverty, vow of celibacy, and vow of obedience, it feels like those would be important because you're you're really um, releasing any and all other distractions. There's no distraction of making money. There's no distraction of relationships, right, in yeah. a romantic or sexual way. And then the obedience, right? This like this is your single focus. Wow, that actually feels pretty appealing to me. <laughs> but you know, I used to say, as I as I got out into, you know, working, that I would look around and I would say, I took the vow of poverty, celibacy, and obedience. But there were some people that I'd look at and I'd say, I'm taking it, they're living it. Mm, what does that mean? You know, like, I was looking at some families struggling. Oh, you mean people who weren't in the... Correct. Oh, oh okay, Correct. got it, got it. Oh, wow. You know, I'd say, oh my God, oh. I took the valve. But I have everything I need. Wow, interesting. And here they are struggling, you know. Hmm. So it made me look deeply into what I was saying. So what did you love the most about being a nun? And then what did you love the least? What I loved the most was being within a community that was of service. And I loved the unity that we had as a group. This is going to make me cry. I think I want to be a nun. Uh. <laughs> it's like, seriously, to be... Can I bring Kenny along with me? <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> seriously, to be in a community, to be focused on your spiritual practice, to be, to be of service, like... That's what I would love. To not have all these distractions. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, sorry. I interrupted you completely. That's all right. What you loved most. That's what I loved most. Mm. And what I loved least mm. is after 25 years, I did not feel connected anymore. Mm. To what? I didn't feel as though I fit. Mm. And that was really hard for me. I can imagine. Because I loved being a sister of St. Joseph. Mm. But the community that I joined 25 years prior, so many of them had left. And 
I didn't enjoy religious life for them. But I felt in my heart I was dying mm. because I could see that the community would die. Because now they're all older and they were satisfied where they were. And change was very difficult. Mm. I had been vocation director and I felt, oh my God, I cannot invite women into the community because I didn't believe that we were going to continue on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I cannot watch that happen. I love them too much and I don't fit anymore. Wow, so you left, so you left. So I had to make that decision. Yeah. I was dealing with the dying yeah. as a chaplain. Yeah. And I would tell them to live each day and to make each day count. And when I would go back at night, I would sit in prayer and say, I'm not doing it. Wow, Linda. And I'm dying. Wow. So after two years of really look at, looking at mm -hmm. what I needed to do mm -hmm. and being advised by a counselor to sit down and to look inside and see what God was asking me. And I did. I went home and I sat on the couch in my jammies and I went inside I went into the basement of my soul and as I approached it was real dark and I went down the cellar stairs with cobwebs and I said, what the heck is this all about? Mm -hmm. And then when I got to the bottom, there was this great big chest and I heard the words, open it, Linda, mm -hmm. and you will find your answer. Wow. I said, but I don't want to. I'm scared. And the voice said, open the chest, Linda. Mm. And I made my way over. I opened the chest and on the four corners was a word, fear, fear, fear. Wow. Fear is keeping you from making a decision. Wow. And I fell on my knees and I cried. Fear of what other people would yep. say. Yep. Fear of being judged. Yep. And I went back up, up the cellar stairs and on the couch and I cried all night. And I knew I had to make the decision. Do you know what your tears were about? I had tears because I loved the sisters. Oh, yeah. I had tears yeah. because I didn't want to leave my friends. I had tears because mm. I didn't know what my family mm. would say. I had tears because I didn't know what the community at large would say. Yeah. I had tears wow. for everybody. And I said, I, ha I cannot live for everybody.
I have to live for Linda. Wow. Because I've got to continue on. And it meant that I had to leave my job. So courageous, Linda. It meant that I had to begin a new life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have any money. Mm. I didn't have anything. But I had to do it. Wow. And when we face our darkness, we claim our soul. Love that. Love it. Love it. For me, when I go to that darkness, that's when God illuminates something. All the time. And sometimes it, I think I've needed it to be that dark so that I could see something illuminated. You know, when everything is all bright and shiny and, and light, you might not see the message. You might not hear it. Do you, have you ever connected your, the strength in your faith as a nun to what you're going through now? Oh, oh, hold on a second. Can I just tell you what just came to me and I got goosebumps? Think about what you are in right now. Think about what you are living. You're living a life of celibacy. You're living a life of obedience. Not sure about the poverty part. Poverty in terms of not being able to do things. Right, Linda? Ooh. Was it okay that I just said that? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. You're still living your vows. Because it's, it's, it's part of your soul, Linda. And think about it. Your single focus right now is, I want to I make a difference. I want to I share a message. You are. Ooh. You know... I will always be a sister of St. Joseph mm -hmm. because that's who I am. But you just named it for me. Oh, wow. So even though you, like, you took those vows, you were living as a nun, and then you left 25 years later, those vows didn't leave you. That's, that's amazing to me. It's like it's how you're playing out your life. So I want to go back to my question. The, the strength in your faith from back then, do you think it, I don't know if I want to say, do you think it prepared you? But how, how do, you make that do you make that correlation in terms of, wow, if I didn't have that solid Foundation. foundation, thank you. If I didn't have that solid foundation in my faith, I wonder how this would have been completely different for you now. You know, that's a good question. Thank you. Because your faith I, is amazing, Linda. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can answer that. Okay. I would like to say that God would have been with me. Mm -hmm. And probably the situation would have been different. But it wasn't. It was how I lived those years and I live in these years now. 
with all the experiences that I had, both in the convent and as a married woman. And then now as a quadriplegic, you know, and sometimes feeling very lost and empty because I could be in a crowd of people mm. and be all alone because people are running around and they're not just gonna, I can't run around because this blessed wheelchair, if it goes over someone's feet, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> so I'm parked and that can be very, mm. Like, I could sit there with a big smile and say hello as they walk by and say, excuse me. It's not the same. And that's hard. Mm. That's hard. You want, you want people to see you. I want people to see me. Mm, I get I wanna it. Be, I want to be. Yeah. You know, like, we love to have gatherings here. And... I found that I was always in here, you know, around the couch and near the table. And it was always wonderful seeing people and talking to them. But of course they wanted to get up and get a drink or go chat with other people. And I would find myself sitting there Okay, I'll have another spritzer. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. It's it's different. Yeah. It's so different. But it's still so wonderful that I can still see and hear. It's a it's back and forth. I get it. I get you know, it. Have you ever had times? Where you feel you're up and down. This like, past week. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this past week I didn't like it. I had I had little tantrums on my own. I felt alone. I felt lonely. Um, I felt disconnected. And I I I can see it now. That's where God wanted me. Because it was like, okay, you're mine, Sandy. And I need to separate you from the flock so that you can remember that. Because I was, when I'm part of the flock, I'm like, oh, fun, happy, you know? And, and it's, it's like, it, to me, it, this past week has been a rededication of my spirituality. And it feels like me. That's why when you talk about being a nun, there's a part of me, honest to God, Linda, there's a part of me that's like, I... I was talking to my friend Heather about this Friday night. Uh, probably 25 years ago, maybe longer, maybe, yeah, it was after Talia had passed. I wanted to become a minister, a spiritual minister of some sort. And I had looked at um, becoming a unity minister. And then I didn't because I had little kids and it was going to require being away for like a year or something like that. or Because back then they didn't have the online learning. But... Um, there's a, so there, I know there's a part of me in this lifetime that just wants to dedicate myself to God. 
and do God's work. You know what I see you as? What? A pilgrim. Mm. On life's journey. Mm. The many twists and turns that we take and we find ourselves doing being different in the community. Yeah. And daring to do that. I have a prayer that I say every day from Padre Pio. Do you know him? I've heard of him. And this is the, the prayer, it's very short. <clears throat> Jesus, I love you. All I have is yours. Yours I am. Yours I want to be. Do with me as you will. Oh, I just got goosebumps. And sometimes, do as you will. Kind of catches my mm. my ego. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do as you will, but not that. <gasps> or that, or that, or that. <laughs> it me. And I say that. This scares me. <laughs> Can you say it again? Jesus, I love you. All I have is yours. Yours I am. Yours I want to be. Do with me as you will. Mm. I love it. I love that. I'm going to adopt that. It's a little scary when you're in prayer and you say that. Well, I may change that a little bit. Is that all right, Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) How about do as you will in this area of my life? I can take care of these other areas of my life. Here, I'll give you this one. I remember, I'm trying to think when this was. I was living in Plymouth, so it must have been about 10 years ago. And I I was going through something challenging um, relationship-wise. It wasn't with Kenny. But... um, I was driving home from somewhere and I was listening to an, a podcast with Oprah and she was talking about the power of surrender and how she, um, her mother would sing to her that song, I surrender all, I surrender all. So I, I drove home and I, I had a stop to make and I remember going on Spotify or something and I just... I just looked up that song, I Surrender All. I found the song, I Surrender All, a version by Jaden Lavick is his name. I listened to it the rest of the way home, sobbing. I don't, it just did something to me. And then I went home and I laid on my floor in my office, my home office in Plymouth. And I was just flat out on my back, arms spread out, legs spread, not spread out, but you know, like, like a starfish listening to that song on repeat over and over and over and over again. I surrender all. It was the most beautiful rendition of it. And I remember thinking at the time, I've surrendered parts of my life, but not all parts of my life. And I really felt like, okay, God, here I am. And then my life shifted and I, that relationship ended and, it, and my life started getting better and better. And then I take back my life, Linda. And I take back, you know, the thing that I've been learning over the last few days is how self-reliant, self-reliant I am. And I used to think that that was a really good thing, and I was really proud of that. 
And now I'm realizing, no, I want to be God-reliant. I don't want to be my mind, my ego-reliant. Because I, I know I'm a very strong person, and I'm a strong-willed person, and I can get so much done. But I'm realizing now there's a power that's greater than me when I surrender to it. I'm excited to see what more or what different can come through when I am God-reliant and not Sandy reliant. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm. I, Linda, have always been a very in control person because, and you're going to get a kick out of this, because I did not believe that God knew what I needed to do. As a former nun, that's hysterical. <laughs> I get it, though. I get it. I did, because... I get it. I would... didn't work. It didn't work, so I'm going to take charge. In August of 2017, someone showed me Mm. who was in control. Mm. So, Linda, can we say a prayer? I would love to. I want to interject for a moment before you hear the prayer because I want you to imagine the scene of where we were. I was in her living room. Linda was in her wheelchair. Now remember, she's paralyzed from the neck down. Can't move her hands, her legs. She can feel pain, but she can't move. And here she is with her beautiful heart and her voice offering a surrender prayer for all of us. Can we say a prayer? Because I I know there'll be many people listening to this, and I think this will support them also. Do you want to lead us in prayer just about surrender? That would be awesome. No, you lead it. Oh. (laughs) She's whispering, you lead it? I'm like, no, you lead it. (laughs) Would you mind? Not at all. As we finish sharing this time, um, let me invite you to join Sandy and I in a prayer of surrender. God of surrender, we come as humble human beings this morning this afternoon and we offer you ourselves we bring to you our broken places our tender places in our hearts and we know that you are always with us We know that you are always guiding us. But we're human. And so often, we're afraid. We fear that we're not good enough. We feel that we could do it better on our own. 
and then we find out it doesn't work and then we feel like a failure and that doesn't make us feel happy and then we cry and we stomp our feet and we come to you and you give us the strength and the courage to carry on. Be with us today. Be with us right now. For you always tell us, Sandy, Linda, and to each of you, I am with you. Mm-hmm. Be not afraid. I will never leave you. Help us surrender. Help us be who you call us to be. Help us open our arms. And welcome the hug that you call us to. Squeeze that in us and let it go to our soul. We ask you this in the name of God. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. You are such a gift. You are such a gift. Thank you. I'm only a reflection of you. (laughs) I love you, Sandy. I love you too. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. What I would strongly suggest is that you go back and listen to that prayer again and again and again. I am so curious. Where did it bring you? What did it bring up for you? I would love, love, love to hear from you. If you want to get a message to Linda, you can do that through me, through my website. You can send me an email and I'll make sure she sees them all. I want you to know exactly as you are, as you're listening to this, you are also a gift. Wherever you are in life, wherever life has brought you, you're a gift. God's not done with you yet. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you so much for listening in. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. If you'd like to work with Sandy privately, go to sandyalemian.com to learn more. Thank you for tuning in.